You're listening to Doctrine and Duty, podcast of Brian Ray, Senior Pastor of Alexander Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia, where biblical theology meets everyday Christian life. Greetings, beloved, in the strong and wonderful name of King Jesus. Welcome to another episode of Doctrine and Duty with me, Brian Ray. And um, in light of recent events and uh, what's happening in my world and yours, and in light of covering Psalm 145 last week in the season of Thanksgiving, that's right, people. We're going to make a non shift whatsoever. We're going to be in Psalm 146 this week, so I'm excited. Now, we'll be taking off the week of Thanksgiving just to to hang out and spend time with family, Uh, but then after that, I plan on bringing you some Christmas episodes. Tis the season, right? Awesome. Okay, so Psalm 146, Doctrine and Duty. Uh, As I was looking over this passage for you today and reviewing some things, I was so excited to see the um, heavy, heavy Uh, doctrinal influence in this psalm. As the psalmist is singing praise to God, may we at least read and quote and recite and then develop our own praises to the Lord. In Psalm 146, it says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. So there is this joint uh, effort uh, whereby we are encouraged to join the Spirit of God in bringing praise and honor to the Father. And so there's this challenge, this command, but it's also, it's something that we, you know, we kind of are, we're called to do ourselves, but then also we're, we're called to encourage others to join us. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Verse 2, I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Um, very similar uh, to the way uh, the last psalm, Psalm 145, began, I will praise the Lord as long as I live. And so there is this um, commitment. So there's the duty, right? There is this commitment to praise, commitment to worship, commission, commitment to submission to Almighty God. And so as believers, we are called to submit, joyfully submit. We're called to worship. We're called to praise. Next, in verse 2, he says, I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Well, we have no idea what tomorrow holds. We never know what kind of sickness we could develop, what sort of accident we might encounter. And I think about people who have developed a disease or had a tragedy occur in their life, and maybe they're no longer able to walk or talk, or maybe they're in um, a very difficult state um, mentally or psychologically. And uh, the psalmist is basically here trusting God with his future, as we should, and basically saying, as long as I am in my right mind, as long as I am functioning to where I can, then I am going to praise the Lord. You know, we live in a day where it seems like everyone's afraid of commitment, and I know we hate to make a commitment and not keep it, but I don't know, there's just something about declaring, you know, as long as I live, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strive for faithfulness to God. As long as I live, I'm going to praise the Lord. And then in, in verses 3 and 4, I really like this because this is really going to challenge us today because we live in a culture where we put our, our trust or our hope or our whatever uh, many times in, into a man or a woman, into a star or an athlete or a singer or a politician, someone who is rich, um, the Elon Musks of this world, or 
whomever. But it says, put not your trust in princes, P-R-I-N-C-E-S, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Uh, great theology here. Our trust and our hope should be in Christ alone. Why in the world would we put our hope in a man? And then he, def- he basically describes, delineates, defines, he says, in a man in whom there is no salvation. He goes on to say, in a man who, when his breath departs, he returns to the earth. In a man who, on that very day, his plans perish. Well, we know that the Lord is eternal. He is forever. Uh, with the Lord, there is salvation. Uh, with the Lord, his breath doesn't depart. With the Lord, his plans do not perish. And so what a great uh, doctrine and duty for us to not trust in the things of this world, to not trust or hope in the people of this world, but to put our hope and our trust in the Lord who will never let us down. In verse 5 it says, Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. And before we go on with the next few verses, just that reference to the God of Jacob, <clears throat> we find that often, uh, phrases like that, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. We find those phrases, uh, those descriptive phrases throughout the Old Testament. And every time you see those, it, uh, a spiritual alarm or should go off or a light should flash or something to just alert you. This is a reference to the covenant nature of God. Oh, what great doctrine there is in the Old Testament about God being a covenant God. He is the God of covenant. He is a God who has cast his love, who has cast his favor upon the people of Israel. And he has done so to uh, Christians as well, to the people of God, those who have become the people of God. So the Old Testament, you have Israel. The New Testament, you have the church. And it says, blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope, is in the Lord is God. Think about those two things. Those two things are a necessity in our lives. Help and hope. Without help, where would it be? Without hope, where would it be? I know we have these temporary things, right? Hey, I always say to my son, hey son, can you can you grab that? You're lower to the ground than I am. <laughs> you know, we, we have the, the daily hope, the daily help rather. And then, you know, I'm sitting here in the office, you know, uh, going to go home. I'm like, mm, I hope we have, you know, something really good tonight. You know, these these helps and these hopes are temporary and, and they are important to an extent, right? But we're talking about spiritual help and hope. We're talking about eternal help and hope. What a blessing. This is the God we serve. And then in verse 6, it talks about more doctrine. It gives us another aspect uh, of the Lord with creation. He is our creator. It says, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. And then it says, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. So in these few verses in Psalm 146, we're reminded that God is our creator, that God is our sustainer, that God is our protector, that God is our preserver. Um, God provides justice for the oppressed. He provides food for the hungry. He provides faith that lasts forever. He has created the heavens and the earth and everything in them. He rules and he reigns. He is the sovereign Lord and and king and potentate of the universe. 
we should joyfully surrender and submit to him daily. The end of verse 7, it says, The Lord sets the prisoners free. I love the words of Christ in the in the Gospels when Jesus says, I have come uh, to proclaim liberty and to set the captives free. Beloved, when I think about Jesus saying those words, I I, I get emotional. I mean, I, I was that captive. You were that captive. And Jesus has come to proclaim liberty. And the liberty he proclaims is the good news that's found in himself, in his own death, burial, and resurrection, that he died in our place for our sins and he rose again according to the Scriptures. What an awesome God we serve. It says the Lord sets the prisoners free. He opens the eyes of the blind. Think about that for a moment. We live in a day where there's all sorts of medications and procedures and surgeries and medical personnel, and what a blessing it is. But I'm here to tell you that if there is any healing, whether it be by way of medications, procedures, medical personnel, or surgeries, or without any of that, any healing that takes place is a result of the blessing, the good hand of Almighty God. He is the healing one. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. There is there is this powerful and beautiful and convicting concept that we come to in the Bible, and especially we see it in the New Testament, that basically we are called to humble ourselves, and the Lord will lift us up. Uh, but we also find out if we lift ourselves up, then the Lord will humble us. It says He lifts up those who are bowed down, those who are humble. He loves the righteous. Let me tell you something. God delights in the faithfulness of His people. Righteousness means godly living, doing the right thing no matter what. It says the Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked He brings to ruin. Just think about the watch care of God over Every creature, every person, every plant, every animal, every ugh, insect, right? God is sovereign over everything. He watches over the, the people who are scattered abroad. He watches over the people who move from area to area. He, he upholds the widow, the one who has no one to take care of her. He, he upholds the fatherless, the orphan, who has seemingly no one to take care of him or her. The Lord is the provider. But it says in verse 9, But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. You know, I love how the Word of God it gives us all these descriptors, all this great theology, which in turn teaches us how we are to respond in our duty. But then there's always the warning. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. Lest you puff yourself up, lest you think you are something special, lest you think you are above the law, don't forget. The way of the wicked will be brought to ruin by God Himself. And then verse 10, The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, O Israel, O Jerusalem, your God, O Zion, to all generations. And then it, and then it concludes with praise the Lord. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, and Lord, we thank you for the glorious opportunity we have to praise your name. Oh, Lord, forgive us for not being more thankful. Uh, not just on this one day a year secular holiday, but Lord, that every day would be Thanksgiving Day for your people. We we lift your name on high. We want to we want to sing with the psalmist, praise the Lord. With every ounce of my being, praise the Lord. While I have my wits about me, I'm going to praise the Lord. Father, we rejoice in you. You are so good to us. But Lord, before your actions, we think about your character. You are awesome. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. And we thank you for what you do for your people. Help us to be faithful. Help us to not trust in princes, not trust in people. Help us to be a people whose hope and help is in the Lord our God. Amen and hallelujah. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, folks, listen. Love you guys. Love y'all. A little bit of Virginia, a little bit of Tennessee for everybody. I uh, hope you guys have a great week. Hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy time with family, friends, church, food, fun, fellowship, and all that stuff. And hey, join us. Join us here at Alexander Baptist Church for our services. We'd love to have you. All right? Take care. You've been listening to Doctrine and Duty, a podcast of Alexander Baptist Church, located at 4316 Pamela Court, Chesapeake, Virginia. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. and find us online at abch.org.